This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. This is the startup show hosted by Ali Mwakaneno. So today we want to talk to Jihana Bass, who is the founder and CEO of Lamy, um, a startup that offers insurance as a service. They recently raised um, $1.8 million, and we want to understand the story behind the company. Welcome, Jihan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Ali. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about your company and uh, what's the story behind Lamy? Yeah, I feel like I've, I've told the story about a, a billion times, but you know, for, for me, um, my background was uh, initially in finance and then I became sort of obsessed with the insurance industry after I came home on holiday and I was speaking to a waiter who told me he didn't have health insurance. So I started to do research around the industry to understand, you know, why so few people had access to insurance products, not only actually health, but all kinds of insurance products. I found out that uh, only 3% of people in Africa purchased any kind of insurance products. You know, it's a, it's a staggering, staggeringly low um, level. And mm-hmm. when you look at a market like Kenya, for example, um, there's more than 50 insurance companies that operate, but the penetration level is still uh, about the same, you know, less than 3%. So it was I was trying to understand what was the reason behind that. Why are there so many insurance companies and why um, insurance penetration level is still so low? Um, right. And that's sort of how we came about uh, creating Lami, um, which is an infrastructure platform. You know, it seemed that the problem was twofold. The first being that the products were not being distributed in the right way. And secondly, um, there was no technological infrastructure to facilitate the easy distribution of insurance products. So Lamy bridges those gaps. Um, it's Lamy is an insurance as a service platform and API. Uh, we've digitized the whole value chain of insurance. So the KYC process, pricing of insurance products, underwriting of products, claim processing, and so on all in an API that anyone can use to either launch products, embed insurance products, and really you're able to sell any kind of insurance product at any point of sale. I understand the problem here, um, especially the sort of distribution of products. What are some of the sort of milestones that Lamy has achieved so far, you know, with regards to what you're trying to solve? Yeah, we, we launched our first product in January 2020. So that's when we entered the market uh, with a car insurance uh, product. Um, since then, we've sold more than 5,000 policies uh, through our platform. We've created new and interesting products that we've uh, sort of brought forward to the market. Uh, and I think for us, it was really a learning experience, you know, from our first product until where we are right now. We've uh, been able to assess and see, you know, uh, how we can price our products better, what kind of structures work, um, and also like what kind of distribution channels we can use to ensure that, you know, uptake of insurance products are much higher than they were previously. Right. When you talk about motor insurance, I believe you're talking about um, Griffin in this case. Yeah, that's our flagship product that we launched at the start of last year. Uh-huh. Um, I think we decided to start with car insurance because, you know, vehicle insurance is mandatory. 
in most of Africa. And it seemed like a, a product that most people could resonate with. You know, people understood car insurance. People have been buying car insurance for, for decades. So we wanted to uh, showcase what our API could do. And we did that by creating a first, that experience, the Griffin experience, which streamlined the process of selling car insurance to less than two minutes, a process that I think it really included a lot of people in the value chain. So you'd have to call your agent, your broker, you'd get a price via email um, and so on. There was a lot of back and forth, which we completely eliminated. Um, and, you know, we wanted to create an experience that uh, hadn't been done before in this market. So for, through that product, actually, you can buy your policy in less than two minutes. Um, you can receive your certificate. And we also have a new services like, you know, emergency services embedded in there. You can pause your insurance policy and so on. So we wanted to really transform the customer journey. Right. Griffin is really a product that really, really interests me because I've talked to a couple of players in the digital motor insurance. But before we really, really dive into that, let's talk about COVID-19 because you guys launched your product two months before COVID. How did that impact the uptake of insurance, especially how did it impact the digitization of insurance products? Yeah, I think obviously before uh, COVID, at the time where the pandemic broke out, you know, I think everybody was really afraid because you don't you didn't really understand what was going to happen, you know, whether this was going to affect your industry uh, positively or negatively. But I think one of the key uh, positives that came out of it was that insurance companies really transformed their way of thinking. So they were now uh, starting to think outside the box. They were starting to look at different distribution channels um, so that they were able to sustain sales. Because at that point in time, you know, their traditional boots on the ground agent uh, methodology wasn't really working because, you know, people are not going outside. There was no chance to sell face to face anymore. Right. So I think for us, we saw quite a lot of uh, positive reactions from insurance companies that want to launch digital products through some of our partners and also work with us to launch new kinds of products. So actually throughout that period, we were able to onboard a, a very large number of insurance companies. And now we have about 25 insurance companies on our platform offering various kinds of products for various uh, channels. Now back to Griffin, you know, I'm just following up on your story on the founding of the company. In as much as motor insurance is compulsory, I feel like I don't know, from where I sit, health insurance feels like a more pressing need, especially in Kenya. Why did you decide to, um, why did you decide that your flagship product should be Griffin as opposed to a health solution or any other solution? I think that's a great question. I think what inspired me uh, to sort of even get started was uh, initially health health related, you know, understanding why people didn't have access to health insurance. Um, but I think um, the, the key thing is that, you know, the fact that motor insurance is actually required by law was really an interesting way to sort of explore uh, what was possible in terms of technology. I think health insurance is incredibly complex, especially around, you know, claims and fraud. I think on the side of fraud, it's it's a huge problem in this market. So we didn't want to uh, dive into medical insurance without having the sort of experience with digital products as a sort of foundation. So I definitely agree. We now do health insurance products. So we work with uh, SMEs for SME packages for, for medical insurance uh, through our dashboards and so on. So I think it was just a, a matter of time before we were able to sort of enter that uh, health insurance arena. Back to Griffin again. Um, tell me tell me how it works. And I'm, I'm specifically interested in how fast you guys are able to process claims vis-a-vis -vis, um, the industry standard. 
Yeah, I think so for us, when we were doing our, we were trying to understand, you know, what was the reason uh, that, you know, claims processing took so long. Um, the key uh, issue that we found was that, uh, for example, the KYC documents are not really collected uh, at the start. So when you are being onboarded onto uh, car insurance products, they're not really collecting and verifying all the data um, that they need to be able to issue you with uh, with car insurance uh, products, for example. So. And that was one of the main things we were able to change. We are integrated to various databases for KYC. We also verify logbooks through uh, NTSA databases to make sure that, you know, we're able to uh, make sure that the process of claims uh, claims is much smoother for the customer. And secondly, you can also file your claims through our platform uh, and also track your claims. So that was another uh, added benefit that we brought forward was that you can actually directly file your claims. Um, and because we're integrated with the various insurance companies, that information is relayed to them in, in good time um, so that as to avoid having delays. Um, we really do try to pay our claims, um, you know, in a very short amount of time. On average, uh, we try to do it under seven days from when the claim has been acknowledged from the insurance company. Um, and, you know, we've seen that uh, insurance companies are now being able to are now able to uh, adhere to those uh, standards that we, we, we're trying to create. For, for the customers, you know? So I think it's been quite positive. Another another thing that we've added um, is we have emergency services embedded into the um, to the Griffin product uh, provided by Flare Rescue. And that actually helps us mitigate a lot of instances of fraud because in case an accident does happen, they come to the scene, they, um, you know, they, um, they're able to minimize and actually um, take everybody there to the hospital if needed to minimize uh, third-party claims. And also it makes the whole process of filing the claims much, much more seamless because they also collect data at the, at the, you know, at the scene of the accident. Could you break it down to me from a customer point of view? Like how would, um, what would be the, maybe the customer journey of um, using Griffin as opposed to just um, using a normal uh, motor insurance policy? I get the benefits from an outside point of view, but like, what would be the experience from a customer? Yeah, I think the key things are firstly, we wanted to eliminate very complex insurance uh, jargons that are, that are normally used within the policy. So even for example, when you're, when you're getting a quotation, first of all, you can get a quotation in a few seconds for, uh, by answering two to three questions um, on our on our platform, and from there you can get a quote, and you can go ahead to buy the buy the product. So one of the key things we were able to do is we try to uh, make it as simple as possible for the customer, so that they can really understand what it is that they're covered for, what it is that they're not covered for. So that was one of the key things because I think there's a lot of miscommunication in that fine print that insurance companies offer. You know, they give you like a thirty page sometimes even longer policy document that you might not even understand. You know, you don't even know where to start. So right. we try to simplify simplify that as a starting point. And then secondly, you're able to also customize your policy. You don't really have to have the standard set product that is available in the market. We have shorter term uh, policies as well. So you can actually, um, you can select the duration that you want for your policy. If you want one month, if you want three months, you're able to customize that and also customize the benefits to fit you. Because I think the issue had been that, you know, products are very much one size fits all. We wanted to elevate the customer experience so that, you know, the customer feels that they own the policy, not the other way around. What are some of the challenges that perhaps maybe you've encountered since you debuted Griffin last year and how have you been able to work around those? 
Um, I think one of the key challenges was actually when the pandemic broke out, you know, we were seeing less longer term or even comprehensive policies being purchased. A lot of people were a bit afraid because they were saying, you know, I'm not going to be able to drive my car because of the lockdowns and the curfews and, and all this. So that was one of the things that we we saw. So, you know, trying to uh, overcome that hurdle in terms of sales was, was quite interesting. Um, but I think things have normalized since then, which has been quite positive. Also, in terms of our product, um, our initial product was a mobile app. But now we it's mostly uh, actually most of our sales come from web channels. Um, and that was a key finding, you know, we were able to see that, you know, at the end of the day, as great as an app can be, you know, customers wanted a way to quickly purchase insurance and not have to, you know, also download an app onto their, their phone and keep that there, you know. So I think that was one of the key findings for us is, you know, how can we add this level of flexibility for the customer? So now we have two channels for that product. Let's talk about money. Lamy Technologies recently raised 1.8 million in a seed round led by ASEAN. What are some of the things that we should expect from the recent fundraising? Yeah, actually, our core business, I, th- I know we've, we've spoken quite a bit about Griffin, but our core business is B2B sales. So we mm-hmm. work with uh, banks and digital platforms that might want to, for example, on the bank side, launch digital bank assurance. And also on the digital platform side, you know, maybe they sell goods and services that insurance is complementary to, or they're looking for ways to monetize their customer base further, or even as a retention tool, you know, using insurance or, you know, embedded insurance as a retention tool. So those are our main uh, sort of customer segments. So I think the funds that we're, we're raising now are mostly going towards, um, you know, improving the features of the Lamy platform and API, you know, making sure that, you know, we're able to cater to a large, you know, variety of customers with a large variety of products. Uh, and then secondly, also on hiring um, you know, expanding our team, both on the engineering side and on the business side to be able to, you know, meet the demand that we're having so far for our product. And also, I think we're also looking at a bit of expansion work, which will probably come sometime next year. Still on funding, uh, I was watching uh, some of your interviews, of course, in preparation for this call. And uh, something that stood out really is a statement that you said. You say that raising funding as as a woman and as a Black woman it's slightly harder than it would be if you were, say, male or from another demographic. Why do you think it's hard to raise funding as, as a woman in Africa? And what are some of the changes that you'd like to see in that area? Yeah, I think this, this is uh, always a big question. You know, I can't say I understand the reason why. I think uh, a lot of investors are always saying that they're looking to fund more female uh, businesses. They're looking to fund, you know, more locally founded businesses. But I think one of the key things is that there's not as many female-led startups. I think that's one of the key reasons. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is a numbers game. You know, if there's not that many at the start, you know, it's just that fewer that are going to end up getting funds. So I think that's one of the things that we need to change, encourage more women to start businesses from a young age. And I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be the key driver to seeing a lot more uh, female-led businesses raising funding, you know. Last question. Ask this because on the Kenyan Wall Street, we also host, uh, we have an investor segment where we, um, we've had held a few conversations, mostly with VC guys on what they look for before they invest in a startup. Just to reverse sort of the question, like beyond funding, what is the one thing you would look for from an investor? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. 
I think firstly, an investor that's aligned with the, our vision and mission and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. You know, I think there's a lot of um, VCs that might not maybe understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And I think those are not the right people for you. I think you need to find somebody or, you know, investors that really believe in you and believe in, in what it is that you're trying to solve. And they actually believe that this is a problem worth solving. I think that's one of the key things. And then secondly, it's also, I think we often forget that we also have to choose the investors that we want on board, um, right. people who are going to be able to add value to you, maybe to markets that you want to enter into, or even in segments that you want to expand to, and even in, in, within your the the industry that you're in. So maybe an investor that has experience investing in, for example, in short tech or fintech. I think there's a lot of valuable insight that they can provide, which I think will really be helpful. So I think we should always try to remember that we also have to uh, make that choice. Um, that's actually all, all I had for today. To our listeners, that was Jihana Bas, the founder and CEO of Lamy. Uh, looking forward to hosting you more on the Kenyan Wall Street podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure.